On today's episode of Brad and Will, we're going to be talking about the hate that surrounds Christian Wood and KPJ and our thoughts on the recent Celtics Bucks game seven. Let's dive into it. Yes, sir. back man episode four of the brad on will show man brad how, how was your weekend bro and weekend was good man this was watching basketball had a lot of good series that's been taking place uh we just watched that celtics bucks game seven which we're going to dive into and then we have another game seven that's coming on sh- uh, shortly after so i can't wait to see that suns and Mavs. so it's, it's gonna be a good I, game. I saw you was uh you was out late last night my brother I, I saw you was you was out late man I was out late. That Waffle gonna, House? I had to hit the Waffle House All Star Special, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> I was out late though. Good night though. How was your weekend, yeah. bro? Nah, my weekend was straight, man. Um, what did I do? Oh, I hooped. I hooped on Friday. I hooped there you go. for the there first you go. time since uh, since Paulo was here. Um, so yeah. my legs still look still a little sore from that because I'm I'm out of shape. But but yeah, man, that was my weekend was straight. But yeah. man, without further ado, we got one of y'all know him, special guest, very very special. We're we're, we're thankful and appreciative that he's here. The kid Gowie, man, what's up with you, man? Hey, what's up, man? Now, first and foremost, we got to get into that intro. That y'all played that intro. I said, hold on, like, <laughs> hey, so you know, you know what's crazy? We haven't we've said this on the podcast, but I made that beat like that. I made oh, that. bro, we'll yeah, make yeah. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, hold on, nice. let me find out. You, Mike, will Mike will made it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we we talk about it in the podcast. I don't, don't want to flex nothing, but yeah, I, I made that work. So no, I appreciate. It. I saw I saw you was vibing to it, so I appreciate. Yeah, that. that's what's up. You know, hidden talents. We here to talk basketball, and I, I found out he a whole producer. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, no, no, man. Yeah, so yeah, once again, we appreciate you uh, taking time out your day. I know it's kind of busy. We kind of squeezing you in between, um, you know, the Bucks Celtics game and the Phoenix uh, Dallas game. So we appreciate you taking the time out your day to come record with us. Um, obviously, man. We've been talking to you over the last couple of weeks in the spaces on the TR, that good stuff, man. One of the coolest people in the world. So, yeah, we, you know, we want to start off the podcast, obviously, when we ever bring a new guest on for the first time. We kind of just get to know them as a person, you know, their journey in life, where they are right now. So just kind of tell people, like, you know, who, who you are, what you do, and, you know, just you know, the whole the, the whole the Kid Galley story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So for people who don't know me, I'm sure you probably seen my face somewhere, uh, whether it was with the NFL, whether it's the NBA, you know, no flex, but, you know, I've been around. Um, Not flex, man. You got to flex. You got to stay humble. Sometimes you might get stripped of that. So, you know, um, but yeah, pretty much I'm a guy like I went to college for sports journalism. So it's been a blessing for me because like I dove into this comedy space. I did the LeBron challenge, you know, for those who've seen that video with the Baldy and the, you know, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, that took off and that pretty much just led me to where I am now, working with, you know, the biggest sports platforms in the world. Like I said, the NFL, the NBA. Uh, I have a real great NBA, uh, NBA relationship. Like they treat me like family. All the opportunities that you see, I've actually been on the commercials for like the play in tournaments and stuff like that, breaking it down. So, man, it's been so amazing how you can just take comedy. And then somehow find yourself doing the thing exactly that you that you wanted to do uh, in the very beginning. So everything came in full circle for me. So like I said, I'm a content creator, more so in the sports lane. I do multiple things, though. I do like a series called Freestyle Friday, where I impersonate your favorite rappers, uh, so on and so forth. So I do a whole bunch of stuff, but most known for the sports stuff. 
Yeah, I wanted were to say really always... quick. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Brad. Go ahead, yeah, I was going to say, speaking of Freestyle Fridays, we're going to have to get Will uh, to produce something for you, man. I see you spending those bars all the time on the Instagram. I got Twitter. you. You know, I got you. <laughs> hey, I look, you. if you, if I, I, first of all, I got to figure out what's the next rapper I'm going to do. And then I might have to hit you up like, yo, I need a yeah. so-and-so type beat. And you send that you. to me, I definitely use it. You know, I, I, I love when I do the Freestyle Fridays, I like to look for producers who don't have a lot of clout um, that have like, you know, one point. Uh, 3k on youtube or something like that and i'm like all right let me use this video because i know people going to watch my stuff hopefully it trickled down to them getting sales and stuff like that like that's just how my mind works when it comes to collaboration so you know i'd definitely be down for that will if you got some heat and you know sitting somewhere yeah, I, got and I can use it i got you for sure you know yeah, i want I had to ask say. you real quick yeah, oh go, go ahead. ahead no go ahead brett no so i was, no, I, was I, gonna... I was gonna ask you we, we all over the place today <laughs> brad you got you got it you <laughs> You go first, Brad. No, he's I'm, a I'm, I'm, boy, Gally. Yeah, <laughs> nah, yeah. He's flattering. I feel like I'm an oppressor. Gally, no, no, Gally. No, no. <laughs> I was going to say, when we were coming up with intros, Will sent me like eight beats. He was like, I made all eight of these beats. And I, I was sitting here for like three hours trying to decide which one. <laughs> they were all hard. I was like, okay, Will, let me, like you oh, said, no, let me find out. <laughs> That's what's up. It's my it's my little hidden talent. I don't I don't talk. It's lots of I I don't talk about you know on Twitter on the on the podcast that that I do. But yeah, that's my little hidden talent. I do in my free time. I like to like make beats every now and then. So yeah. Now but, I know but, I know that y'all interviewing me, but now I gotta ask you a follow up. Okay, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. A, I'm a person that is also musically inclined, so that's why I kind of did the freestyle Fridays to showcase that. Now I'm gonna ask you do you find yourself wanting to do that at least to a capacity because if you're doing that right now i know that you still have a passion for it somewhat even though sports may be a thing that's how you got to kind of ease it in there some way somehow so like i like the fact that you use it as an intro people may not know you made it but that's you kind of like getting your rocks off like no nah, that's my beat right there on the intro i know y'all <laughs> like that so like is that yeah. something that you you like doing so i got into it um because like like I've always liked music. Everybody knows. So I want to make music that I myself would like and listen to. So that's why I got into it. I got into it um, twenty summer twenty nineteen. So I've been. I'm still kind of relatively new to it all. So I'm not like I'm not the best at it. Like I know I still have a long way to go. Like one thing I love about music is that I can still. I'm still in a position where I can still learn about like you know different techniques and doing this and this music theory this and that so i love still learning about it. like that's one thing i really, really like doing is it's just every now and then having somebody else who's been doing a little bit longer than me like teach me something that i didn't know but i'm not maybe that's me coming off as a little bit too humble or maybe a little afraid to like spread my wings and fly but i i don't know i i don't know if i'm like good enough to where i can just like you know just like if if if, if future taught me say send me beats like i will be I would be like starstruck. I wouldn't know what to do at that point in time. So, I mean, it's it's a it's a passion, but it's more so it's more so on my hobby side. I do it, um, you know. Like I said, if I'm bored one day, I'm tired of playing 2K. Let me load up FL Studio and I'll I'll, I'll cook some up. Or like if I, but what I do now a lot of times is, um, I found that like now here we talk about music, but I found that like I don't when I try and like make some like if I just like go and I'm just trying to make some, I can probably make something that you're gonna like. And like you might like it, but I'm not gonna like it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I it's not it's not what I like to do. So like I I I've I've learned that like I'm only gonna produce when I feel inspired to do so. When I like when I'm in that when I'm in that zone to do it, because then I'm gonna make something that I actually like. I'm not I'm not like just pumping something out, you know, because like, you, you might you might like it, you know what I'm saying? It might 
be your favorite beat that I've made. Like I never forgot, I have a beat that um one of my homies loves, and I hate it. I, I cannot stand that beat. Like he tells me to play all the time. I'm like, bro, this beat is trash, but he likes it. And like, I, you know what I'm saying? But like to me, if it's like if I don't, if I don't, if I can't confidently play it in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Even if you like it, it's not going to be the same thing. So, like, the, the intro beat, that was one of the beats I was, you know, comfortable with. It kind of fit the vibe of the show. Brad liked it. I liked it. So, we kind of went with it. That's what's up. And in yeah. other words, you know, long story short, he has the the musician mentality. Like, <laughs> exactly. it's like musicians don't like making stuff other people like because deep down, they don't like it. Like, you want something right. where you can be a fan of. So, you know, I'm, I ain't calling you a producer. I ain't calling you, you know, a musician. But... <laughs> You, you had that mentality already. So if yeah. you have to dive into that, you know, just remember, God, we told you. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we we, we started talking about me. I was, I was, the question I wanted to ask you was, hey, did you always want to be in comedy? Was that something that you always wanted to do? How did you kind of find that passion? Yeah, so growing up, I was always the goofy kid. Like, I'm always the person that's making people laugh, doing extra stuff, acting a fool. Um, that was kind of like my icebreaker. You know, when you were a young kid trying to make new friends, I bounced around a lot in my childhood. So like um, I was able like my mom always made me uh, put me in positions where I can go to the same school. So I went to the same elementary school, all five years, middle school, blah, blah, blah high school. Um, but the neighborhoods changed. So like I'm not here. I'm over here. So, you know, always got to try to find a way to make friends. Um, and I did that by breaking the ice with my goofiness. Like, if there's one thing you can say about me, it's like, yo, he funny. Like, he may not, you know, be as athletic as us or whatever, but he can rock with us because he's funny. He brings something to the group. And that's kind of what, that was like my way of getting by. And um, in the very beginning, I think I made my first video in like 2012 because I was very deep into YouTube. I was watching people like Kevin Edwards Jr., Spoken Reasons, Hot Damn I Rock, um, a bunch of other guys. And I was like, yo, I feel like I can do this. Like, I really feel like I can create content the way that they do it. And I tried my hand at it a few times, you know, gave up a few times, tried it, gave up, whatever. And then eventually I was just like, nah, I feel like this is really a thing for me. And that's kind of like how I got to where I am now. It was like I locked in, actually stuck with it and uh, started being consistent with it and just seeing the numbers skyrocket on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, like wherever it is, like. So it's been cool. This is definitely something I've wanted to do, but I kind of bluffed on it a few a uh, few times. Like I gained some traction. I'm like, man, forget this. And I gained some traction. Nah, I'm good. So it was one of them. A long journey. Not for sure. Bro, I, I got to go to the question, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to spend a young time. What's up? Yeah. No, I said, have you always been? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So I started watching basketball. I want to say like 2000, 2001. I think it was 2000. Because um, before I was one of those kids where when sports came on TV and interrupted my cartoons, I used to get pissed. Like I used to be like, yo, what is this? Like whether it was football, whether it was basketball, I used to get mad. But then it was a guy named Steve Francis. Steve came along. He went to the University of Maryland. I'm from uh, Baltimore, Maryland. So like I kind of, the Turks come on TV here. So it was one of those things where I saw him hoop. And I was like, yo, he is like, he's cool like he doing the these dunks and all of this right. and i was like yo he, he's really dope so i kind of just followed him to the nba and you know he went to vancouver but then he, he ultimately ended on the rockets and i was like all right bet so i'm a rock with the rockets and then it came to a point because obviously y'all know we traded steve francis for tracy right. mcgrady um so it was like i gotta make a decision steve francis is my favorite player my first favorite player ever when it comes to basketball you know, aside from Michael Jordan, but that's kind of like, you know, a given. Um, 
And I was like, do I stick with this team or do I stick with the player? Do I follow them? And I was like, you know what? I've already kind of just, uh, I kind of got this thing for this team. Um, and Tracy McGrady ain't too shabby to kind of jump ship. So I was like, I'm going to just rock with the Rockets. And the rest was history. Been here ever since. So before the Yao Ming era, like it started with Steve Francis and I've been here since, man. Yeah, so I had to ask because I know your rep, you a big uh, rep for the Baltimore Ravens. So I was like, okay, he's a Ravens fan, yeah. he's a Rockets fan. So I had to get the background on that. So that's what's up, man. We love all he's Did you go to the draft? Right I didn't go to the draft, okay. but I went to a Baltimore Ravens draft party. So like okay. they threw a party at the MT Bank Stadium. So I pulled up to that, had a blast. I was not expecting that. They like when they said they were bringing Vegas to Baltimore, like they really made it like a a casino setup. Um, they gave like people like little token cards to where you can cash them in for prizes and stuff like that. So it was real dope and real put together. But that's like, you know, to answer your question, Brad, it's kind of like people always ask me, it's like, yo, he's so into the Ravens. Like, why is he a Rockets fan? And it's right. like, that question always makes me feel some type of way because there's Lakers fans everywhere, bro. Like Lakers yeah. fans, uh, you know, even Celtics fans. Like if you have like one of those historic franchises, People don't question where you're from. It's just like, oh, how do you like, oh, that's your favorite team? Cool. But when it comes to the Rockets and me, it's like, why do you like the Rockets? You're from Baltimore. Like, we got a team or something. But it's always funny, man. It's like, dang, I can't like the Rockets. What about, you know, my homie down the street that's a diehard Lakers fan? He ain't from LA. So <laughs> that's just kind of how I look at it. But it's all good. Yeah, that's just fact. Well, you know, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, I'll let you go because I was going to dive into what, okay. you know, he's really. Yeah, so good. I, I, got, I got another question. I got another yeah. question for him. That um, you know, along the lines of that, like the comedy. So, I would, me and Brad can talk about this earlier today, right? When we was talking about we're gonna get you on the show. Mm-hmm. One of the things, like, if people people may not know, hey, this is that guy. But I remember uh, the first time, like, I you kind of popped on my radar. You you know, it was the it was the LeBron video, right? That was what 2016. After the uh, 2016 NBA Finals, you you had imitated that um that LeBron video, and it was viral, and it was hilarious. Like, <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, I was like. 15 years old when that when you did that like yeah that was hilarious i was dying laughing um watching it so it's kind of kind of crazy it's kind of all come full circle um to that aspect but like you know what was going through your mind when you made that video is that is that your biggest video that's the the that may be the like that video what happened with that was crazy like yeah tell tell that story definitely my biggest video but like that whole situation was crazy so and i just told this story earlier uh because i was at this football combine but um, pretty much what happened was the night before that happened or the day before that happened, I was working at a warehouse, um, 10 hour shift. So I knocked out the 10 hour shift. So I'm here just I told my homie I was going to go to an open mic for like a comedy club. And I was like, yo, I was like, I ain't got to practice for no comedy club. Like, I'm naturally funny. I'm him. I'm, I'm this, that, <laughs> that. Bro. I get to the comedy club, everything cool. I'm watching everybody do their thing. And I'm like, all right, this is how they carry themselves. I'm trying to study the game. They called my name. I step up on stage. Everything's still cool. They was like, yeah, this is uh, this is Gowie. This is his first time. He hands me the mic after, you know, people applaud that it's my first time. The light hit me and I, the room got quiet and everybody was looking at me, completely froze up. I froze. I couldn't get not one joke out, bro. I was like, yo. This is crazy. Like, there's a lot of things that I felt in my life where you, you know, you kind of get nervous. You may get butterflies. Never in my life have I ever froze. Like, I froze in that moment. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I couldn't even, my mind wasn't even working to even get anything out. So pretty much, long story short, I bombed. 
And then like not even 24 hours later, like one of my homeboys, he tagged me in a post because this LeBron James challenge thing was going, I don't know, I don't necessarily want to say it was going viral. Like I seen, I think I saw somebody like post the LeBron clip and then somebody tagged me in it. And that's all they did. They just tagged me. They didn't say anything. It was just the kid guy was like, look at this. And I look at the video. I already had a bald head. So this is this is where people get it confused. <laughs> people, people get confused because they think I shaved my head specifically for that video. I thought that, you right? did too. No, yeah, I honestly did too, bro. I thought you had like a bald head or something. All Eyes on Me, that Tupac movie came out, I want to say a few days prior to that. So I did an All Eyes on Me skit to where I was like, you know, I'm going to shave my head. I'm going to pretend to be like, you know, Tupac and be excited for the movie and my homeboy's going to roast me. Um, so I did that video and my head was still bald from that. So I was like, yo, um, I don't have to work today. I have this bald head. Let me just copy this. Let, let me just do this video because, you know, it's starting to become a trend, bro. I did it and I watched it and I laughed. I was like, nah, this is funny. I did like, this is my <laughs> bro. I tweeted it and, uh, I tagged T Grizzly. I was like, yo, name somebody that has a more accurate LeBron James challenge than me. T Grizzly saw it. He retweeted it and was like, make this go viral. And then everything, like it was like a floodgate just opened up. Everything changed after from, from that point. Like it was on ESPN. It was on Sports Nation. Uh, it was on Fox Sports. Like the video went crazy. So um, that was definitely my biggest video and definitely a life-changing experience. But it's, it, I always tell that full story because I can't just tell part of it. Like you got to hear the part to where I bombed on stage because I thought that I was really him. And I was like, dang, this really humbled me. This is a whole different beast. Let me stick with the social media thing. And I stayed in my lane and things took off not even 24 hours later. So like I tell people that like the state of course, like believe in yourself. Cause if I had let that moment that I froze break me, I wouldn't have did the LeBron challenge. I'd have missed that window and missed that moment and probably still would have been struggling, but you know, things happen for a reason. Yeah, man, I wanted to say staying the course is always the most important thing. Like things in life always change in a quick manner. If you're persistent with something, you're going to be good at it. You know what I'm saying? And you're already good at it. Like you said, you just had a bad moment. You you bombed, but like at the end of the day, stay persistent 24 hours later, you got your opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Went viral. So, I mean, that's a real question. Now, the real question is, ask me if I've been back to that comedy club ever since. Ask me if I ever did stand-up ever since that moment. <laughs> I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was going to ask you, did, did you, have you done stand-up comedy since? No, that's, that Bro, was the, the one and only all. time? When I tell you that's a different beast, if you ain't, if you're not really sitting down and practicing for that moment, it's a different beast, bro. Like, I ain't never felt nothing like that. You could put me in front of a crowd. I could crack a joke or two. But when it comes to like being on that stage and everybody's just hawk eyeing you, like just just waiting for you to make them laugh, it's like nah, this ain't this ain't it. So yeah, that's I ain't been back since, bro. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so I, I I was I was kind of doing some some preliminary research on on the guests we had this week, right? And mm-hmm. I saw that you had a um you were invited to to James Harden's um, bowling event. You know what, yeah. what was that like? That was real dope. Um, and that was like in the earlier stages. So like after the LeBron yeah. challenge blew up, like James Harden, y'all know how I ride for James. And it was one of those things like, yo, this is my favorite player. It started with him reposting one of my videos. I, I did like a parody video. He reposted it. And then like that following February, he invited me to the bowling event. And uh, even before that, like he sent me a whole bunch of Hardens, like him and his camp. They sent me a whole bunch wow. of Hardens. I still got them to this day. Um, and then he invited me to the bowling event and I was just like, yo, like, 
this is my favorite player, bro. Like, this ain't just like a, you know, you go and see like, you know, a random basketball player somewhere. They may be like, you know, eighth or ninth man off the bench. It's still cool because they're a hooper in the NBA, but it's like, yo, this is my favorite player. The first person to ever acknowledge me was my favorite player. And I just thought that was like super cool. That's why I've always had like love for James. I always try to big him up. And, uh, you know, it kind of backfired, you know, the uh, the, the last game. But <laughs> it's no love lost. But, you know, hopefully James figures it out. But, yeah, man, very humble dude, very cool dude, very generous. Like, he shows love all the time. So I had nothing but positive things to say about him. But that bowling event, it was definitely lit. My manager beat me in bowling, but we ain't going to speak on that. <laughs> yeah, that's a dope experience because I saw your Instagram post where they had you on the NBA 75 and you gave your favorite NBA moment whatever yeah nba history and you're like james harden winning that mvp because that's your guy it's extremely cool to hear that's what's up man. yeah like come on bro like we we rockets fans we we saw some of those years harden should have got mvp so it was kind of like oh, right like, yeah, yo, yeah. Keep, yeah like yo y'all keep snubbing my man so to finally see him get the one like the only thing that could have topped that for me is if we would have won the chip like if we would have won the right. chip I'd be like, all right, this is my favorite moment because, like, you know, in my time, like, when I started watching basketball, I haven't uh, been blessed with a championship. Like, you know, they won those chips in the 90s. I didn't become a fan until 2000, so I don't claim those. So, to me, the Rockets are uh, ringless, so I'm still waiting for that moment. But that's the only thing that could have topped that moment because, like I said, you know, James is my favorite player. So, yeah, I want to ask you, you talking about he's your favorite player. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, what are your, your top five Rockets players of all time? Ooh, don't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, 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 you got a good list to pull, pick from, so hey, yeah, no, you know, I, yeah, some of these picks might surprise you though. Um, number one, I always give number one to Steve Francis because he's the one that yeah. uh, he was my first fan of basketball. Um, then it's Yao Ming, believe it or not, Yao Ming is number two, and a lot of people get you know shaken by that. But when Steve Francis left, Yao Ming was legit my favorite player. Like, people was like, yo, LeBron James and Kevin Durant. I'm like, yo, Yao Ming, though. Like, y'all ain't watching my boy Yao. Like, right. so I've been very high on Yao Ming. That's my dog. Um, he would be on my number two. Number three, ooh, I would probably say, <sighs> see, this is hard, man. It's a hard question, bro. Hey, hard we, question. we have to put you on the spot. I mean, we have to put you on the right. spot. Right. <laughs> number three, uh, who would be my number three? Um, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Chris Paul up there. Even like though it was okay. short lived, like you know, Chris Paul, he did help us get to a point to where we had a lot of hope. Um, so I was like, you know, I wish that would have worked out. But Chris Paul, he was definitely dog, uh, a dog in that one series, um, or the one season. We ain't gonna talk about that second one. Uh, yeah, no, 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 can't <laughs> can't talk about that. <laughs> I'm gonna throw my man Winter Westbrook up there too. People may not like that one. I like Winter Westbrook. Oh, I like that pick though. Um, and I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Hakeem at number five. Now the thing, the reason why I have Hakeem so late is because obviously, like I said, the era that he dominated, I wasn't watching basketball like that. But like just knowing what he brought to the game, you know, reading on his stories and different things like that, just seeing how versatile he is, I know that if I would have watched him in real time, he would have been my favorite player. Like right off the rip, even with Michael Jordan in the league, all that other stuff, I would have gravitated to Hakeem because I like big men. Pause. Uh, it's just one of those. <laughs> this is one of those like, I've, I've always, I've always gravitated to the big man, which is why Yao Ming was my favorite player. Uh, you know, I idolized Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Garnett. Um, and I think it's because I grew up playing. You know, big. I was just the guy that was taller than everybody else, so I was forced to play big. 
And I was like, okay, so, you know, my build, I'm not big and strong. I'm tall and lanky. So I looked at, you know, Kevin Garnett, the Chris Boshes and stuff like that. So I've always had a love for the big man uh, position. Um, but yeah, that would probably be my five. And I think like, there's some other guys that I'm very high on. You know, I'm a Scoop guy. I love Scoop. Like, he's my favorite player right now. Uh, so he would be, like, my number six, my honorable mention. But he got to get some stuff under his belt before I, you know, throw him up there. And you didn't, was, you didn't throw uh, you didn't throw James Harden on that list. You, 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 I didn't? No. Nah, no, nah, you didn't oh, throw James Harden. Oh, yeah. So, hey, uh, we going we gonna to have to knock Chris Paul off of that. I'm going to keep winning Westbrook in there, okay. but I'm going to have to knock Chris Paul off of there. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'm going to put James Harden up there. James Harden would be number one. Uh, we, number right. two, because I got to give Francis his flowers. But, yeah, I'll put James Harden as number two just because. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up. And your honorable mention was a perfect transition to the next topic. Because, you know, controversial topics that surround the Rockets, you know, people love to say, oh, we need to get Christian one out of here. And, oh, Kevin Porter Jr. is not a point guard. Like, move this man to shooting guard or small forward. So I want to talk really quickly about Kevin Porter Jr. You know, a lot of guys, they do not want to see this man at point guard. Had a slow start to the season, of course. And they just thought he turned the ball over too, more, uh, too much. He's selfish. And, you know, takes away touches from Jalen Green, all this stuff. He has the wrong mentalities. Obviously had that locker room uh, issue that happened in the middle of the season. So a lot of people are skeptical about Kevin Porter Jr., but I need the kid guy to clear the air on this because you have the perfect stance on this. So he did a great job selling yeah. us uh, KBJ and Christian Wood of the week. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, let you do the same thing on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah so my whole thing when it comes to KPJ uh, and and just him specifically, um, I feel like a lot of people dwell on his age and like the years he's played, but not necessarily the actual roles he's played. So like, yeah, he's been in the year uh, in the NBA for three seasons. But when you look at those three seasons, one season, he was a small forward. Next, he was a shooting guard. And now he's a point guard. So you're changing positions each step that you go. And not only are you changing positions, you're given you're being given more responsibility. Like you're going from a small forward to a two guard. We already know more responsibility comes with being a two. And then you go from a two into being a one. And we know that's like the quarterback of the offense. So people aren't really cutting him flat because they're like, oh, well, he's played for three years. Like, no, he's played three different positions in three years. So you got to give him time to be able to actually develop those skills and go up. Now, the thing with me is that I always look at potential. I'm not looking at, you know, what you're doing for me exactly right now. Those things play a factor into that. But it's like you're kind of analyzing the potential of a player and what they can become. But if you're trying to pull the plug on it, when we see flashes right now, it's like, dang, you're not even giving him a chance to even bring the potential out. So that's always been my stance with Scoop. Um, and I actually did a tweet recently where it was like, you know, people saying, oh, uh, if this point was actually brought up because Jamal Crawford, uh, Chris Paul, he's had his struggles in, these, in this series but against the Mavs. And one of the things that Jamal Crawford pointed out, he said, Chris Paul has to be more aggressive and look to score first, not pass. And the mm. fact that we're talking about the point God like that, saying that Chris Paul has to be more aggressive and, and come in the game with a score first mentality, I immediately went to scoop because I was like, we're talking about this dude like that who's very seasoned, one of the best of all time, and we have a guy that's learning a position and we're ready to pull the court on it because he's not a true point guard. And it's like it shows that the, the difficulties that a true point guard can have at the position. So I have, you know, did my little research. I pulled up some stats and I was like, when Kevin Porter Jr. is being aggressive, 
and he's scoring and he's like shooting. I think it was like shooting 14 plus field goals a game. He's averaging seven assists and three turnovers. And that turnover, the assist to turnover ratio places him with like LaMelo Ball, Draymond Green and uh, James Harden. And we know these are some of the best playmakers in the NBA right now. So once again, that brings you back to the potential aspect. And it's like, you don't see this. Like you don't see this guy that's just learned the position only one season at point guard. You don't see that what he can become if he just gets it and plays his game. And that's kind of where the frustration goes because it's like, you see it like me, Will, and I don't know how high you are on him, Brad, but like the people that's within, you know, me and Will, we be right here. Like, yeah, no, yeah. like yo, me and Will, like, no, KPJ <laughs> is him, bro. You he's him, him, bro. No, he is him, bro. And as Ryan Holland said recently, they say he's a top five, 10 talent in the NBA. I don't yeah. know about that, but hey, he's definitely like that. Such a talented kid. And as you as you just preached, he just started playing the position and people were so quick to pull the plug on him. Like, give the man time. Give him time. Exactly. He's 21, just turned 22. Like, let's see what the kid can do. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm waiting to see. And it blows my mind because, like, when you look at even with Kevin Love, like Kevin Love in the interview, he basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Kevin Love basically said, like, out of everybody that was on our team, this includes Colin Sexton, this includes Darius Garland, everybody yeah, else. Garland. He right. said, "Yo, KPJ was the most talented on the team," and it's like, bro, they fumbled him. We can't fumble him too. Right. We got to actually see what we got now. The attitude thing. That is an issue. So the people that raised the red flag on that, like, uh, I don't know if I want to pay him because I don't know his attitude, whatever. I didn't see, you know, him mope up and down the court when things aren't going his way or he's not getting calls. But, you know, the calls come with your star power. Like if, if he start hooping and he becomes a 20 point per game player and this, that and the third, those calls are going to come. So it's just up to, to scoop to once again, like we said, stay the course. Um, but as long as he has that under control, I don't want to part with him. Like I, I got his jersey right here behind me. Like that's right. that's my dog. <laughs> hey, that's my dog. So I'm gonna be that's my guy. <laughs> no, that's like you said. Me and Gal, we usually locked in on that. That's my that's my favorite player um, in the NBA right now. I love Jalen Green to death as well. But you know that's my one yeah. A, my one B. So, but yeah, like I like you said, we're always kind of locked in with the KPJ discourse. I feel like the thing that frustrates me the most with the KPJ discourse is I don't think he's held to the standard of a third year player who's in his first year playing point guard and and he like we, we say he's, he's in his third year but if you look at how many games he's played he has not played i don't i think he just recently crossed like two seasons worth of games but i, I should have looked it up before we started recording but like it's it's not even close to um to 200 games right like he's not he's he's not there yet so you know yeah. we're talking about a guy who had his rookie season interrupted um by covid then the second year he was in the league um, he was, he spent the first half, you know, not really playing in Cleveland. He got traded here. Then he spent the first couple of games, um, in the G league. I think he played 27 games with us last year. Right. So this was his first year playing like a full season period, let alone as a point guard for the full season. Right. So I think people want, they hold him to a per they remove the context behind, you know, him being a, a first year point guard and a third year player. Right. They remove all that context behind it. And then they hold him to a standard that I don't, I don't think he sells to the standard of a third year player. Right. Like, Everybody's not going to be Luca. They're, they're going to come into the NBA, and in your first two seasons, you're like an all star. You're ready to take over the league. Like that's not going. That's not everybody's. That's not everybody's journey, right? Exactly. Jamar Murray, Dejounte, uh, Dejounte Murray, right? Those are two guys who we've kind of compared KPJ to all season long, and they didn't come into the NBA killing it. You know, year one, year two. Now, obviously, there's different reasons. Like I know Dejounte, like I think he got hurt one season. Jamar Murray was kind of transitioning between positions himself. So I, I get like why you know there's context behind everything, right? But my my point is though is that. 
everybody's not going to come into the NBA killing it year one, right? And I feel like we're not giving him enough room to just grow and make mistakes as a fan base, right? There's I mean, like there's people like me, you, Brad, who we we, we take the good with it, we take the lumps with it, and we understand like it's all part of a process. But I mean, I get it. Like NBA fandom, it's real impatient. It's real. What have you done for me lately? It's real reactionary, and we need results. We need to see results right now. Especially if I already don't really like you like that. Like there are certain players. Who um who are allowed to make mistakes and we're you know us whatever we'll live with it right but you know once a guy we don't really like like that we're we're quick to say hey man you know get it together we got to trade you and so like you know like I said I, I've been big on just giving KPJ time to figure it out because like you said it he has one of the craziest ceilings craziest potentials in the NBA we're talking about a guy six six what two twenty two fifteen somewhere in that range right can handle the ball create his own bucket. He's been able to get buckets for each other. I mean, for his other teammates, like there's very few guys in the NBA who can do that, especially at his size. It's very few guys. Right. And the guys who can do it, they're all superstars. Like those are all the best of the best. Right. And like people say, well, well, no, we, we need a true point guard. We don't need that. We don't need this. We don't need that. It's to me, it's, it's crazy because it's like, and I hate to compare him to these players. Cause obviously what these guys are superstar players and he's a third year, you know, player, first year point guard, but like, Steph is not a true point guard. Game's not a true point guard. Kyrie's not a true point guard. Jamar Murray's not a true point guard. Like these guys, those are those are four. Then that's just the top of my head right now. Four of the best point guards in the game right now. Steph is probably the best point guard in the game right now. He, mm-hmm. He's not a point guard. Like if if we were in the the, the early two thousands, he'd be a shooting guard. You know what I'm saying? Like that. You know, he'd be Allen Iverson would be a shooting guard, right? So it it it, it blows my mind that we're we're trying to say that this guy can and can't do this. Man, we don't know what he can and can't do yet, man. He's 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 21, 22, and you know, he's shown me enough in his first year at a point guard. Like I said, there was a lot of a lot of bad, right? I won't give him more credit than that. There was a, there was a, there was a portion of the season where where he was struggling, right? Where you yeah. know, he, he he himself came out and said it. He was in his head too much trying to play some he was trying to be somebody that he wasn't, right? And then you yeah. saw towards the end of the season when he just kind of figured out like, "Hey, man, I'm not I'm not Chris Paul. Man, I'm not Steve Nash. I'm not Jason Kidd. That's not who I am. That's not even how like there's not that many point guards in the NBA like that. There are left that play like that. That's like, not who I am. Let me just play. He said it. I'm gonna play scoop ball. And mm-hmm. when he when we saw him make that switch the second of the season, his efficiency went up. His turnovers went down. His points went up. His assists went up. Everything went up. All the things that he go turnovers, all this stuff, they went down. And he started playing a really inspiring brand of basketball. And like him and Jalen completely clicked. And it was you know it was what we want to see that whole season from that guy. So my expectations for Christian, I mean not Christian, what for KPJ um next season? Christian went on the brain, but KPJ next season. <laughs> is I want to see him um, do more of what we saw at the end of the season, right? Like, you know, obviously, he, I think he was averaging something crazy, like, you know, 25, 24 points for the end of the season. So I'm not saying I want to, I want to see him average that a full season, although it would be nice. I don't I don't think he's going to be able to do that for a full 82-game season. But, like, some approximation of that where he was, you know, getting to his spots, um, attacking closeouts, all that good stuff, making the right reads, um, playing great defense. That's one thing that I think we don't we don't get enough credit for too. Is like if you look at where his defense was last season to where it was this season, it is night and day. It is completely yeah. different. He's a much better defender now. So like, just continue to to trend upward with him. And like, man, I I, I will be, you know, I'm happy with him right, as it is. So Most yeah. Definitely. And, and Brad, I want to follow up with that, but you know, if, whatever you got to say, I definitely want you. To, I want to hear what you guys say. Yeah, I was just going to say a big thing with people like being out on KPJ is just because of the past issues that he's had. You know what I'm saying? You know, he had those issues in Cleveland and, oh, now he's coming to Houston. He's pouting up and on the court. Oh, he's leaving at halftime. 
you know, like, oh, you know, just get this guy out of here. You know, he's he's obviously not locked in. <laughs> it's like, to be honest, it's like the only real issue he had in Houston was just that locker room for that. And again, someone else pointed this out. A lot of these guys on the Rockets pout and don't get back on defense, but with yeah, he's guys, not the only just, one. Yeah, you're just looking for it with KPJ. Or you're looking for it with Christian Wood because that's what you're like. That's the the, the stereotype around those guys. So we're just gonna lock in on them. Oh, he's not getting back on defense. You know, get him out of here. He's not locked in. Right. That and third. So <laughs> that's pretty much what I wanted to say. Like he's really been locked in, in my opinion. And anytime he has an issue, you know, John Lucas or Steven Sides will talk about him. Like you know, this kid is really locked in. He's apologetic for what just happened. And, you know, like we're, we're confident in him going forward and Scoot is confident by himself going forward. He feel like he's growing into a leader role. So, again, just ties into the kid being 21, 22. Give him time. That's, that's how I stand on it. You know, we're all KPJ guys here. So I'm happy about that. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> and this is what I'm saying. Like, so and, and just, to, you know, follow up to what you guys are saying, like the age thing. Number one, 21, 22. It's like with growth, some of those immaturities and things like that can go away. I'm not going to say completely. He's still going to have his moments. There's going to be moments he might mope up and down the court. But for the most part, he's doing better. Um, and one of the things that happened that was like a drastic change that I've noticed, you know, everybody was pissed off. But like, I'm the guy that's like, I mean, but there was. You I know, know what you're about to say. I know what you're about to say. Yeah, you know what, what I'm about to say. We're talking about when he went to the tunnel, right? Yes. See, so, he, so and he went the same. The now, before, the man completely left the arena. He was just like, F it, I'm out. Whatever. <laughs> Y'all do what you got to do. I ain't, you know, I'm not here for it. But then it's like you went from that to the second time he has this moment. But this time he steps away from the game. He steps away from the game, goes in the tunnel, catches his breath, comes back out with his teammates, celebrating his teammates, all that other stuff, get back on the floor. And like these are the things that you can look at it and be like, oh, he's he's acting up again. But at the same time, look at what he did growth. differently this time. Like there was growth here. Instead of leaving the arena, he took the time to be by himself, gather himself to get like get himself together and come back out with his team and celebrate and do all the other stuff. So, like, these are things you can't overlook. Now, like you said, as a basketball team and, you know, basketball fandom, it's, we want it right now. So if he do does this, blah, 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 we don't care, ship him out, we'll get somebody that can do it. But that's always been the weird thing to me. And then the same thing with the true point guard thing. I caught a lot of hell on Twitter because I was like, yo, you're less likely to win an NBA championship if your main guy is a true point guard. And people was like, oh, but what about this guy and this guy? I'm like, yo, they're not they're not your main guy, number one, or they're not even a true point guard. So, like, if you look at the Bucks, they won with Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is not a true point guard. You can call him a true point guard now because he kind of developed into that over time. He came in the league as a shooting guard. And then it's like you got uh, you got many other people, like people who talk about, oh, well, Kobe won five with Derek Fisher. I'm like, since when was Derek Fisher a true point guard? He was a role guy that that just stood there. He wasn't the main ball handler Kobe was. So it was like, these are the things that people try to push these certain narratives. But then when you look at the Chris Pauls, you look at the John Stocktons, the Steve Nash, these guys are ringless. And it's like, okay, so if that's the formula of winning, it doesn't matter who's on your team. It doesn't matter what. You should have at least one compared to all the shooting guards and wings that got three, four, and five. So that's always been my logic. And then when we look at this current NBA draft, like this pool, for instance, let's say we take Paolo Bancaro. You have Kevin Porter Jr., Paolo, and Shangun. Why can't they share the playmaking responsibility amongst themselves? Why does one guy have to be your main floor general and that's how you get it done? It's like, that's not how basketball works now. It's a positionless game. Multiple people can handle the ball. Your guy doesn't have to be the point guard. You can have a point guard like a Steph Curry, 
uh, like a Jamal Murray, who isn't your main assist guy, but he he's at the role because he knows that at the top of the key, I'm a problem. You have to come to me and figure out how to control me. But it may be a guy beside me that may do the facilitating just because he wants to get me free to get some open looks. And with KPJ's catch and shoot ability, come on, bro. Like, what are we talking about? So I just don't like putting limits on positions and talk about, oh, he got to he has to have the field at the position and all. I'm like, bro, don't nobody care about that. It's about getting buckets. Go out there, get me 20. And if you got five assists, but Shangun and Van Carroll got five as well, we good, bro. We ain't worried about yeah. one guy. 11 assists so that's just my logic no nah. and so one thing else you you kind of touched on that i want to talk about too i think when i kind of gave my spill i was a little bit excusing of his uh, off the court issues right which which are real right like he has the issue you cannot leave the game and have something that's unacceptable like we're not trying to belittle that at all right but one thing that i've always said is have you guys noticed that whenever kpj has a flare-up it's not be- because he doesn't get his way or it's because it's He's he he flares up because he's competitive and he doesn't like losing, right? The game, like I said, we're not trying to we're not trying to excuse what he did, but the game where he drove off, the reason he left was because things were not he was not he was not happy with with the, with the um the team's on court performance, especially his own performance, and I think they was getting on him. I think that's why he left, right? It wasn't because uh, uh Silas said, "Hey KJ, we're gonna we're gonna play you at small forward today, so you know you know you can't do what you want to do." And he's like, "Well, I don't want to play no more." He was he is give me the guy who's so competitive. You know, I hate, I hate to say he has to leave, but give me the guy who cares that much about the game to where he has to he's taking time out himself to go compose up in the hallway over the guy who doesn't care at all, right? So, like, that's one thing. Like, his issues where he has he has to get that in check, I think, like you said, Gallo, when he gets a little bit older and matures in the NBA, it's going to kind of start diminishing. But yeah. I like that he's that competitive and he's that fiery about it that, like, it does bother him. Losing bothers KBJ. You can see it. He Losing games does not – like that's not something he likes doing. He does not like losing. He doesn't like he, – he doesn't like – um you know, somebody crossing him up or, you know, crossing on his team. He doesn't like that. He takes that stuff personally. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't like that he has to leave, but I like the fact that I know I don't I don't have to question if Cage is out there trying because I know if he's on the court, he doesn't want to lose. And I, right. I, I love that about him. And then the next thing I was going – what was else I was going to say? I was going to say one more thing about KJ before we transition. Um Oh, the one thing I was going to say, right? So if you want KPJ gone because, and like I said, I don't think this is a big reason, but let's say like you want KPJ gone because his issues, you just don't think he'll ever fix them. You think that's just a, a huge issue. It's a detriment to the team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to disagree with you, but that's a that's a valid concern, right? If like you, if you're that concerned about his off-court issues that you think it's just no way we can fix it, I mean, like I said, I'll disagree, but that's, that's a valid concern, right? But the reason why I, sh- when people say that to me, I'm like, is that really what's how you feel? Or are you just using that? Right. And the reason I say that is because I, I always bring this up to Gally. Do you remember that game against the Nets where he had 36 points and then he had like 10 in the first quarter? And I remember I went on Twitter. I'm like, man, my, my dude KJ is killing today. Like he has 10 points in the first quarter. You know what I'm saying? It's efficient. He looking nice. I come on Twitter. Why isn't KPJ passing? Bro, that's the ball. And I'm like, <laughs> are we watching the same game? This man is like, that was the game where he dropped um Andre Drummond in the first like two minutes of the game. He dropped yeah, him on his yeah, knees. Yeah. Yo, first he, two was, minutes. he was cooking, he was bro. killing the whole night. He was cooking. And I come on Twitter and everybody's talking about he's not passing the ball. He's he's not doing this, he's not doing that. And I'm like, we're the first fan base in NBA history to get mad that our 21-year-old point guard had 36 points. Like that, that's a reality. And like the whole notion that he wasn't passing, once again, that's not true. Like if the game he passed, he he was making he was making great reads, making right passes. 
we just no one besides him and Jalen could buy a bucket that game. Like uh I, I used to have the stats memorized. It was like Tate was like three for ten, Garrison was like one for eight. Like it was the whole team was horrible besides Jalen and KPJ. And we're mad that he didn't pass the ball more. Like it it blew my mind that like I said, that's that's one of the moments I'm like, are we sure that we it's the issues or the true point? Like, is that is that why we don't like KBJ or is it something else? Because like I don't see how we can we can get mad at our young player for dropping 36 points. And it was like, it was efficient. It was within all, it wasn't like he was bog and he was just, he got the mismatch on Drummond on, on uh Claxton on, on LaMarcus Aldridge, whoever it was. And when he, when he had that mismatch, he saw blood and he just went and attacked him. So I don't know. That was one thing I wanted to add. I know if you hang out with that's that we can, we can transition to the next topic. I wanted to say really quickly about that same yeah, game. KPJ had 14 potential assists, probably ended up with four or five. I think that's like yeah, if you guys don't know what a potential assist is, it's pretty much when you set your teammate up to make a basket and they end up missing it or making it to potential assist. So, yeah, people are looking like, oh, he had zero assists in the first half. He had eight potential assists. Or he had zero assists in the first half and eight potential assists at that same time period. So it's like it's not his fault. His teammates aren't making the shots. He's still facilitating, but he was just getting buckets that game. And that was also during Jalen's little 30-point stretch. And everyone's like, oh, he's freezing Jalen out. Like, give him the ball. And he's 30. Oh. Like, bro, they both scored 30. <laughs> they both ended up with 30. So what were we talking about? Yo, it's it's so sick, bro. Like, it's, yeah. it's disgusting how people do this. But it's just like that's where we are with it. And I think one thing that I've grasped about the Houston fan base, because I'm also a John Wall guy, too. Like, John mm-hmm. Wall is one of my favorite point guards. So last year, John Wall started off hooping. Had his little struggles because the whole damn team started falling apart because everybody was getting hurt. Um, but then after that, you know, KPJ comes along. So it was like, oh, we got to feed KPJ. Let KPJ do it. Let KPJ do it. Take the ball out of Wall's hands. Put it to KPJ's because we want to move forward. So it was like, all right, bet. I get it. He's the young guy. Wall's the season vet. Uh, season vet. You don't want to freeze uh, KPJ out. Now, here we are a season later. Wall's gone. Oh, like, he's on the team, but he's gone. Mm-hmm. KPJ is 21, bro. Jalen Green is 19. We get it. But he's the young guy that's stepping in that we have a lot of faith in. He has the high upside. Give the ball to Jalen. No, KPJ, he's not a true point guard. He's freezing him. It's like, yo, y'all are treating KPJ like the new John Wall. And the dude is only two more years older than the guy that we just drafted. And it's like, don't you want them to be able to work together? And I think what a lot of people fail to factor in, I love Jalen Green. He is a dog. But when the season first started, he was shying away from the ball. And I think a lot of people took that as, oh, no, they're just freezing them out. They don't want him to shoot it. They don't want this in the third. Oh, Coach Silas is drawing up plays for everybody else. Uh, Aaron Eric Gordon is taking his touches. It's like, yo, there was moments where, like, they had to, yo, come here and get the ball <laughs> for, for Jalen. And it could have just been one of those things because, you know, Jalen's young. He's trying to find his fit. He's 19 at the time. So he's 19 trying to find his fit. And it's like, let me defer to the others because I don't want to overstep my boundaries. Then – at the end of the season, completely different Jalen. And then him and him and KPJ scoring 30 points in games and all this other stuff. It's like, yo, the confidence that was instilled in both of them over the course of the season, I think they're going to bring that into the next year. And it's going to be scary. Like, I think a lot of people that have these KPJ takes right now, it's not going to age well. The same thing, the same way we said it wasn't going to age well with Jalen. It was like, yo, we've seen we've seen this happen with uh Anthony Edwards, bro. Like exact Anthony, same thing, bro. Yo, Anthony Edwards was down bad. He was like, he looked like my guy. And next thing you know, he turned that joint up and hasn't looked back since. So it's like, yo, it's just some people that see potential. There's people like us that see potential and it's like, nah, rock this out a little bit more to see what you actually have. And then there's some people who just want to make the drastic pull and try to just replace them with somebody else. Like Dennis Schroeder played freaking two games and they were talking about extending his contract. I was so pissed that night, bro. 
<laughs> I was so pissed. And that, and I like that Schroeder as a player too. That's what made me mad because I was like, y'all making me dislike a guy that I like. Right. So I was like, come on, bro, don't do this. He threw like one or two lobs to jail in that first game. He's a true point guard. Yo, we, we missed this the whole season. Oh, my. Yo. Like, bro, how many lobs has KPJ thrown in Jalen this whole season? Like, what are we? And like I said, we, we were so obsessed with this replacing KPJ with a true point guard. We were, mm-hmm. Dennis Schroeder was shooting like 30% from the field. He outperformed like, him in everything, bro. Oh, my goodness. And like I said, I don't even hate Dennis Schroeder. Like, I, I hope, like Samuel, I will hope he has success wherever he ends up next season. I, yeah. I have no ill will towards him. But he was not hooping the way the way that Rocket Twitter was making you believe he was hooping versus what he was actually doing compared to KBJ is two different things. He was not he was not that guy. Yeah, that that may have been like the nastiest thing I've seen last season. Like I was as a Rockets fan, I was embarrassed. Yeah, like at all jokes, I was embarrassed because it's like, yo, like I rock with Dennis, but the way y'all gas and y'all talking about contract extensions after his <laughs> second game. And I was like, oh, how long would you would extend his contract for? <laughs> oh, look, he just has a natural feel for the position. Natural point guard. Yeah. Right. Shooting like 37% from the field while KPJ shooting like 45 and 40% from three. It's like, yo, what are we really – what's the real issue? Like you said earlier, Will, why don't you like him? And if it's the attitude thing, I get it. But it's like to, to hate him to this degree, like, come on, bro, let's stop it. Yeah, and this is a perfect transition because you say, you know, why don't you like him? So now we can transition into Christian Wood because we can ask anybody in the Rockets, you know, fan base, you know, majority of them, they want this man traded, gone, shipped, wherever. They don't care who for, they just want him gone, you know. I will yeah. say personally, because you said, you know, yeah, Will and I, you know, we're here on Christian Wood, or not Christian Wood, but uh, KPJ. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not there well, with Christian Wood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not going to lie. I would prefer if this man was not in the Rockets to start the season. But there's a lot of discourse that is, you know, sloppy and inaccurate that goes around with Christian Wood. And again, we had a Twitter space with you and you cleared the air on Christian Wood. You know, people hate his effort, you know, defense. Yeah, he puts up 20 and 10, but it's an empty 20 and 10. He's he's not positively affecting the game. And look, I'll say this. I really just want the man gone for next season because I want to see Shane Goon develop and get those starting reps. You know, that's just my personal opinion. But when it comes to Christian Wood, people, like I said, hate his defense and a whole bunch of things that, you know, Christian Wood brings to the floor. So. I want you to talk on Christian with man, because yeah, he did a great job the other day. Yeah, so so basically, <laughs> just to, to ease into it, like, the thing with Christian Wood is, first and foremost, when we had, when the Westbrook thing blew up, like, one of the first things that I said is that the Rockets got to look into uh, Nas Reed and Christian Wood. I was like, I definitely want one of those two guys to be on the Rockets as, like, our big man if we would have run it back with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So we end up getting Christian Wood. And I'm like, yes, like we got him because I like, once again, I'm a potential guy. I see what people can do. I know that if you put them in a certain position or give them the opportunity, they'll be able to get over that hump. So we bring in Christian and he's dogging like, you know, 20 and 10, pretty much. We talking about like if he was able to stay healthy, he possibly could have been an all star, probably like a replacement, uh, you know, for the reserves or whatever. But he was hooping. Um, and then we get to this season and it's like, okay, now all the OGs are gone. You know, John Wall's gone. Uh, Oladipo's gone. You know, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Tucker. Yeah, Tucker's gone. So, like, who are you looking at? It's like you got this young squad. You got, you know, a 19-year-old rookie. You got a 21-year-old first-year point guard. Who are you giving the ball to besides Eric Gordon? <laughs> and it's like, okay, we got to give it to the next bet on the team, which is Christian Wood. So, Christian Wood, we know what he can do on offense. 
dog. Like he can create his own shots. He can get it inside. He can shoot from beyond the yard. So like he's a three level scorer as a seven footer. He may not be the biggest or brolic and beating dudes down low, but he knows how to work his way around the paint, whether it's a Euro step or, you know, a post move, whatever. He know he has the footwork around the basket to get his shots off. I think what pisses me off when it comes to the Rockets fans is that people will look at him and be like, yo, he's taking all the shots. He's ball hogging. He's slowing things down. But in the beginning of the season, like I said, we got two guys that's supposed to be our backcourt having cold feet. Like Scoop's trying to figure out what to do. He's overthinking. Uh, Jalen Green, he's being too passive. He's deferring to other guys and not really stepping up. So Christian, like, bet. Let me get my joint off. Like, let me let me get my, my 18 points or whatever and, and do what I need to do. And everybody's like, oh, he's hogging the ball. They're not spreading it and this, that, and the third. And then next thing you know, same conversation we had with KPJ. When the confidence started to build to, uh, in the second half of the season after all-star break, then you started to see Christian Wood become more passive. And if you even look at the stats, Christian Wood has less shot attempts than both KPJ and Jalen Green. Why? Because it was like, okay, now I can fall back into this role because y'all got it handled. And I think when people have this, oh, he's selfish attitude, this, that, and the third, and he goes in the presser and says, like, I'm really like that, he's not lying. Like, Christian Wood, is, is he's a hooper, bro. He can go out there and get points. Now, if he had, like, five blocks in the game, he said he really liked that. Then we look at him like, all right, bro. Like, now, <laughs> like he was just one of them fights. But, like, the scoring aspect, like, he's always had that. So that's my whole thing when it comes to Christian Wood. I don't like the whole, like – if you don't like him, cool. If you don't want him on the team, cool. I can respect it. I just don't like the, oh, he's the worst thing that's ever happened to this team type of discourse. It's like, bro, he's not hurting this team by any means. And that's just in my personal opinion. I feel like it's, it doesn't hurt to have a 20 and 10 player. Even if you look at a Julius Randle, Knicks fans hate him right now for whatever reason. Like, yeah, he, he may be getting 20 and 10. It could be an empty 20 and 10, depending on what type of fan you are. But at the same time, if you replace him, with somebody who has no offensive bag but plays defense. Then you're going to get yourself a Rudy Gobert type of situation to where now you got a guy that can get 15 blocks in the game, but he can only get 11 points. That's not – and not only that, 11 points, that's spoon-fed. You can't just throw him the ball down low and let him do a hook shot. Like, he's going to go down there looking for lobs, putbacks, and all that other stuff. So now you're making you putting more work on your point guard or your other guards um, to try to feed him the ball. So – my whole thing with Christian Wood is the effort definitely came and the change came. It was very noticeable in the second half of the season when the confidence started to build. And I think when you're with a rebuilding team, I think we put a lot of weight on what happened before All-Star break when we should be putting more weight on what we saw after All-Star break. We saw Christian Wood uh, you know, put up like five assists in the game. And I even saw somebody like Roosh. Like Roosh came out because he's been critical of uh, Christian Wood. And he said like Christian Wood is a uh, – I think he said something like Christian was an underrated pastor when he actually looks the pass. And it's like, mm-hmm. get, yourself, get yourself another playmaker type of guy. And, you know, you want to get rid of him because he may not be the best. He may not have the most post presence. And that's why, mm-hmm. like, when it came to free agency, I was like, bro, I don't think the NBA draft is our answer for, like, a rim protector. I just feel like our interior defense needs to be somebody that's solidified. Now, if you feel like we got to get rid of Christian Wood for that to happen, then I'll be on board for that because that's our Achilles heel. But at the same time, if there's somebody that you can get and put alongside Christian Wood, which means Shane Goon would still have to come off the bench if that's what you want. But it's just like there's so many different things that can work with Christian Wood still on the roster. 
And I feel like some people treat it as if it can't work at all. Like if you put him on a team, the whole team's going to implode and everything's going to be, we're going to be the worst team in the league again. And me, I just don't believe that. That's a ridiculous talent to have. Uh, a freaking seven footer hitting step back threes. Like, come on, bro. This is, it, it's an offensive game now. So it's like, can he do better on defense? Without a doubt. So anybody that's watching this, don't, you know, don't don't think I'm saying, oh, well, he don't have to play defense because he's so good offensively. Nah, step that up because that'll solve a lot of our problems. The more effort you put on defense, the better we'll be. But um, yeah, like that's that's something where he does have to grow. He does have to put forth the effort. But yeah, that's my that's my whole spiel on that. It's like I don't hate Christian Wood. I'm still a big fan of him. If he leaves our team, I'm going to be rooting for him. Like that's just how I like. He's a great player. He may not fit with us because of whatever timeline that we have. But, hey, I just don't like the whole discourse of him being like this player who's less in value and, oh, we might only get a second-round pick for him. Now, nobody said that, but that's pretty much how I feel. Like, <laughs> that's how you talk yeah. about him. People might as well say that, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yo, his value is not that low. Like, you get a 20-10 and 10 player. And I remember somebody said, like, oh, he can't even get, like, he can't even, he wouldn't average 20 and 10 if something, something. And I'm like, yo, he's averaging like 18 and 10. You mean something he couldn't get one more bucket to average the 20? Like, it's, it's wild. I think it's just a lot of undercover hate and they try to disguise it as basketball talk. Like, oh, this is why. Isn't no, no, the real reason is you just don't like him. And you can just say that. That's cool. That'll just knock all the other stuff off. Just say, I don't like him. I just don't like his attitude. I can't rock with it and nobody can change my mind on that. And I'm like, all right, bet. That's that once again, go separate ways. Right. Yeah, once again, the attitude thing is completely different from ball. You talking about straight ball? Come on now. We know what Christian would do. Yeah, speaking on that, you know, Rockets fans need to be honest with themselves. You know, you cannot like Christian Wood, but you cannot just say he is not a good basketball player because Christian Wood is an extremely talented basketball player. Willis said it time and time again to top five, probably offensive center in the NBA. Go through yeah. it right now. You know, you're not going to be able to name five offensive centers in Christian Wood. He has a He's a good bag on offense, you know what I'm saying? And defense, you know, the issues are there. Uh, but, again, the Rockets as a team are just bad defensively. So he's going to look even worse than he is as mm -hmm. a defender. So my personal thing with Christian Wood, yes, I, I I did say I did not want him on the Rockets. But I think he would excel in another system, uh, maybe with a better point guard or just like a, a oh, yeah. group of guys that are just a lot older. You know, the Rockets are a very young team. You know, he's kind of in a bad situation. He came on supposed to be with Westbrook and, uh, you know, James Harden. So, mm -hmm. Or John Wall, James Harden, but you know it's just like I don't know, like Christian Wood. That's, that's a good player, but it's just not the right fit, in my opinion, for the Rockets. But you can't just say the brother's sorry. You know he's not a bad basketball player. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and not, not to cut you off, but the fit thing is is valid, and that's yeah. why like people like you know myself and even Will, like we can have actual basketball discussions about it, and we can mm -hmm. kind of get a feel of who's just hating and who actually feels a certain way about something and has their concerns. Like you said, right now. It's like you feel like he would thrive somewhere else and he doesn't really fit our timeline. And that's cool. Like Christian's mm -hmm. what, 26? Right. Like it's not, he's not old by any means, but it's like when the rest of your team is 22 and younger, it's like, okay, you want to give your young guys the reps and, you know, just plug somebody in that can do, like give the effort, you can coach him up. Mm -hmm. Like Christian, when you reach that 26, 27, yeah, they can get some effort out of you, but you're kind of also in your ways. Like you know that you do certain things a certain way to where it's like, all right, this is how I'm rocking. But if you 19, like a Jalen Green, you like, yo, we need you to play defense. He's hungry. Let me play defense. I want to like, I want to help my team out on it. Like it's easy to coach the younger guys up than it is somebody who's already like a seasoned adult. So I get that, you know, hundred percent. 
Yeah, and I want to tee up Will here because uh, Will is the biggest Christian Wood supporter on uh, Twitter. You know, I don't got my jerseys with me. Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we spoke about it on the first episode. You know, Will said he's trolling for the most part. You know, we talking about like, oh, Shaq and Kobe, you know, with Jalen Green and Christian. Yeah, Wood. he's trolling, man. Thankfully, but Will loves Christian Wood and. He, He's his biggest supporter, so I got to give him the floor here with the Christian. Hey, hey, I mean, like, Will, before you go, then yeah, you, you, you say you retired. <laughs> yeah, so he did say that. Nah, yeah, no, that? yeah, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't gonna be comparative to Shaq no more. I retired. I retired on on, on that front. Uh, I just couldn't, man. I just couldn't take it no more. So I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell y'all why I said I retired, man. I couldn't. It was what was the inciting incident? I don't remember what it was, but it was some day. I think like two or three weeks ago. Something came out about Chris. We were talking about Christian Wood, and I was just like, "Man, he's running a race. He can't win." Like it, it just, it just hit me. Right. I'm like, "Bro, it doesn't matter what I, I, cause I know, I know what it was. I know exactly what it was." Me and Lashard had like um, on, on Twitter. Shout out Lashard. We had um, tweeted out, and I pretty much made Christian Wood the perfect NBA player. I said he was going to play defense. He was going to pass the ball. He was going to play third option. Like I made him the perfect NBA efficient, all the good stuff. People said, no, nah, I still trade him. And that's what I'm like, all right. So, like, it, it, it's beyond it's beyond what he does and doesn't do. If I'm telling you I just made this man the perfect NBA player. In the, and, like, mind you, there's people who fell for who didn't know that's what I was doing. But there's also people who knew, like, Will is testing us. And they still was like, they still did it. So, like, at that point, it hit me. I'm like, bro, I'm running a race. I, he's running a race. He can't win. I'm fighting a fight that I can't win. There's no, there's no point no more. So, like, and, like, what ultimately threw me in the towel, um, somebody told me that, Maxi Kleba's better on a contender than him. I'm like, come on, bro. We, we uh, okay. We we can talk about we can talk about DeAndre Aiden and you know all the other guys, but Maxi Kleba, bro. Come on, man. Like, if you telling me you'd rather have him on this team than Christian Wood, or you tell me he's better on a contender than Christian, I'ma just have to assume that you know what I'm saying it's it's, it's nothing else. Like, so I'm like, man, I'm I can't do this no more. Like, I I can't take another season of this unfair discourse towards Christian Wood. So that was, you know, that's all I want to talk about. I was like, bro, one, he's, he's running a race he can't win. It's nothing that Christian Wood can do for this fan base. Like I said, I meant to do the perfect player, and it didn't matter. They still wanted him gone, right? But Brad on my point, too, that I was talking about, like, the defense concerns with Christian Wood are 100% real, right? Like, that's a real concern, right? But you also have to realize he's playing with a bunch of 19- and 20-year-olds. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not, he's not playing – it's not like he's on the – the Miami Heat, where they got 15 great primitive defenders, and he's just getting beat at the basket every time. Like, no, like half the reason he gets body all the time is because I, I love KB, I love Jalen, I love Tate, but these guys are getting beat off the dribble sometimes, and then they 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 come into the paint and they they dunking on Wood, and it's like, yeah, Wood could do a little bit better job of of contesting. Although there are times where he when he wants to, he will. Like I I um one of my favorite moments from this season was I was at this game when they played Memphis and Steve Adams. I know Steve Adams is probably like the strongest dude in the NBA, right? Steve Adams is crazy. And I remember it was one possession, it's like in the half, where uh, Stephen Adams tried to try to try to body Christian Wood. And Christian Wood did not move. Like it was, it was not, it wasn't, it wasn't the the mismatch, the the murder that you would think it was. Like Christian Wood stopped him. It was a, it was a, it was a great stop. And like so, you know, obviously the defensive effort and you know consistency, it's a real issue. But like one, the man can play defense in short bursts when he wants. He's not going to be a great defender, but he can be a serviceable one, right? When he wants to. And I yeah. think if you put him on a team where he's not. Where his second best defender isn't six four Jay Sean Tate, then like yeah, like he's gonna you know what I'm saying, and he has actual help on the perimeter stuff like that. He's not gonna look nowhere near as bad as he does right now. Like it's not even gonna be close. Like that's the that's a that's a team thing, right? And then the next thing that kind of pisses me off when the Christian Wood discourse is the he's a ball hog. He can't you know he won't play another role. That's not who he is, right? 
one that's not true because we saw him we, we have two different examples of him not being a ball hog and, and playing a different role right when james harden and, and john wallace here he was not taking step back threes being the number one option he was setting screens rolling to the best catching lobs and we all love them for it right like this is another thing like it's crazy it's kind of goes with the kbj thing right where we turn these players so quickly i remember i always bring this up but there was a poll i think ali khan did right brad knows where i'm going with this guy i always talk about I this did. it was a yes, poll it was a poll where ali khan had like asked us like at the trade deadline last season the 2020 2021 season he asked us like he was like we trade uh christian Wood for salary filler and three first round picks and like the majority of the people said no. It was like eighty-one percent to ninety percent said no. We would not trade Christian Wood, keep Christian Wood on the team for, and that's for three first-round picks. Like today, the big Christian Wood fanatic are now. If somebody offered me three first-round picks for Christian Wood, I love you, Christian, but you have to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's that's three first-round picks. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, but but my point is, is like he, you know what I'm saying? He had that um, he 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 had that love, right? And so like when James Harden was here, he was not taking step back threes. He wasn't, you know, when John Wall was here, he wasn't. You know, ball hogging and you know all this other stuff. That would that would he played his role right. Like yeah, we said he when this season kind of started right. We had um, Jalen kind of Jalen was a little a little tentative. He didn't want to step on nobody's toes, so we saw him hiding in the corner sometimes. Well, I wouldn't say hiding, but he just kind of relegated himself to the corner because he didn't want to like get in the way of the offense. He didn't want to like impose himself on the game. And I I, I respect him for that. Like you don't want to be a bad teammate, right? So Jalen was kind of in the corner. KPJ was still kind of figuring himself out. So the one guy on his team who somewhat knows how to get a bucket gets a bucket, and we're mad. You know what I'm saying? So there, so he did that right. But then, like I said, later on in the season, right? KBJ and and, and Jalen passed in the shot attempts, right? Like they they caught up to him. And towards the end of the season, we saw a clear hierarchy. In this season, it was clearly Jalen and KJ at the one and one and two, and then and then it was Christian Wood, right? And like he played it fine then. So like my whole thing with Christian Wood is if Christian Wood and I think Christian was a very smart individual, right? He has to understand that this team is not you're, you're 26 27 next season you're not going to be the face of this franchise when we win a championship again like we you can we we can put you on the commercials and sell your jerseys up front in the Toyota center all we want right now but it's about Jalen green kbj the top five picture like that's what it's about moving forward right i think i he has to understand it right he's not a if us as fans notice i'm positive he understands it if not i'm i'm positive stone or or silas has told him like like this is the direction of this team right so he knows right and he says that he wants to be here, even even though he knows that, like he said, he didn't want to be traded. He wants to stay here. And I, you know, I don't think I don't think it's one of those things where he's he's just saying it because he wants to appease the meat. I think if Christian would want it to be out, he would be out, right? I yeah. think he wants to be here. And so um, I think he understands. Like, if I want to be on this team moving forward, I can't be, you know what I'm saying? I cannot be ball hog number one option at a time, right? And so towards the end of the season, like I said, he started passing a little bit more. He played that role. So if next season Christian Wood comes in. And plays like I said, the third option behind the KBJ, the behind the Jalen. Maybe if we get Bancaro, he can play. You know, it might get a little bit complicated then, right? But Jabari and shit, like he can play with those two guys. Like that's not a that's not a huge, huge risk or a huge deal, right? And so if he plays, if he understands that role, that he, it's not about him, it's about the young guys, and he's just here to kind of support that and be kind of the mentor and the the complimentary piece to those guys. Which, by the way, like if, as far as complimentary piece on the offensive end, you're not going to find anybody better. It, on the offensive for KPJ and Jalen, you're not going to find a better a better five than, than Christian Wood offensively, right? So if he can commit to playing that role, setting them screens, rolling hard to the basket, and being the best version of that as opposed to the version where he tries to be Kevin Durant, which he's not that good at sometimes, bro, he's – one, he would get his money that he wants. He can get paid doing that, right? That's another thing we was – in that other space we talked about, they said that man wouldn't get paid. Like, come on, man. He, 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 he Christian Wood is – he can get paid, right? So if he plays that role, commits to it, 
he can get his money yeah. and he can stay. Like, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't have to, or, you know, we don't want to pay that money. He can go get paid some more, but he will have a role on an NBA team if he can do that, which I think he can do that. Right. Um, and so like Brad said, like one, the, the defense for his defense looks a lot bad, looks a lot worse because he's on a bad defense team. Everybody looks bad. Like on this team, like there's, it's, it's like that. Um, he wouldn't play this role on a better team. Like if James Harden was still here, we wouldn't be seeing him play like this. If people said if he you can't put him on like the Warriors because he would start ball like bro, he's not gonna ball hard with Steph Curry on the team. Come on, man. Like, that's that's not that's not happening, man. That's not happening. And then the last thing that like really like this is one of the ways I, I just kind of threw it in. I was like, man, this is this is nasty. Was when they told like they pretty much in that space they pretty much told me like it's something he can do. And they were saying it's like because coach, when this is hypothetically speaking, I don't want to get Silas. I think Silas is going to be a great coach. I don't want him fired at all. Right. But people were saying like they don't think coach could use him right. So we should trade him. That is horrible. You're telling me that we, because our coach can't use a guy right, it's on the guy. That's his fault, man. And I, I love Silas. But if that's what the, if that's what the fact is, that's on Silas. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and I, I love Silas. I don't want, I do not want Silas fired. Right. But if that's what, if that's what you're telling me, what it is, you're telling me he has to be traded because Silas can't use him right. Well, that's a problem. We have we have a there's a it's a bigger issue than Christian Wood at that point in time. If that's what the case is, and that that's that's horrible. That's awful. You know what I'm saying? He's a extremely talented player. I know people laugh when you say that, but like he is talented. Like Brad said, there's not five seven centers in this game from an offensive standpoint who are more talented than him. And like you know what I'm saying? If if coach can't find a way to get that best version of him, get that best version of Christian Wood out. That's on coach, man. And so, like, I I, I have faith that Steven Silas can do that. So that's one reason why I'm not like trade him now because it's not going to work. Like, I I have faith in, in Silas that he can do that, right? But if that's what you're telling me, if you're telling me that that Silas or whoever we get can't get that out of him, man. That's awful. That's that's the, there's a, there's a huger issue we have than just than just Christian Wood, and we should we should be concerned for Jalen. We should be concerned for KJ. We should be concerned for the guy we draft this year because it's you know it's who say when when they. When they come out, and it's, it's time to put them in the right situation to be maximized. That he won't do the same thing for them. So, like, it's you know, it's it's a whole bunch of nasty discourse. Like Brad said earlier, uh, with KBJ too, um, they they always point to the to the um, to like that one that one clip from the season where Christian has the ball on the wing, Jalen's wide open, and KBJ's pointing to Jalen. They said, "Oh, that's he's a ball. Look at this, he's a ball." Right. <laughs> I, it's funny because I tweeted out. It was one day I sat there and I was I was I wasn't mad, but I was kind of like, "Dang, y'all don't rock with me like this." I um, y'all know if I tweet out a video, I can get I can get some decent interactions on it, right? right. One yeah. day I sat there and edited a clip, a highlight reel of of Christian Wood passing, just just straight highlights, just saying like, "Man, like, look, these are some nice passes he's making for for a guy who's a ball hog." It got like fifty likes, and so like that to me, like that's telling me once again, like it's a little bit deeper. It's a little bit deeper than than he's a ball hog because I'm. I'm showing you times where he's not. Like I said, I told him that for the example of the, the out-of-pocket framework, I could probably go back and find a frame from this season where Jalen did the same thing, where KBJ did the same thing, where yeah. Tate did the same thing. Where K- I, I can do probably for every player, where Dennis Schroeder, the guy who was the, the true point guard, I could probably go back and find an uh, example where he was, you know, had the ball and it was somebody wide open he didn't make. So, like, if you're going to make an argument, actually make an argument. Don't, don't, don't show me out-of-context, you know, a screenshot and be like, this is the pro that he's a ball hog. I think Rockets Twitter, this last thing I'll say, I think we have a, a problem with trying to villain, villainify him. I don't know that's a word, but make him the villain, right, of this of, of this team. It's like, man, Christian Wood, is, it's not who he is, bro. We're talking about the guy who ran out of theater so the team could watch the Batman. Like, he's he's not this this locker room cancer, this guy. Like, I, Rockets Twitter hates Christian Wood more than anybody in Toyota Center does, and that is a fact. There's not a single person in that organization who hates him as much as Twitter does. And so, like, come on, man, like, 
Yeah, I got it. Y'all got it. Yo, and then here's actually, actually this will be the last thing I say, right? And so another thing too, I, I can talk about Christian Wood all day, bro. Oh yeah, I'm really knowing. So this this is this is me. This is me. I'm about to go back into my retirement hiding after this. But but um, the last thing I'll say too, right, is Christian Wood when he tweets out. Have y'all like seen what people comment under his tweets? Yes, yeah, it is it's so nasty, nasty yeah. man. I'm like, bro. Do y'all remember this guy is a human being? Like, and like Christian Wood uses Twitter, so he sees this. It's not, it's not, it's not like LeBron where you can tweet at him a million times and he's never gonna see. It. Like Christian Wood sees this stuff because he, yeah. I know because he, because he blocks y'all. Like he, Christian Wood, a lot of y'all been blocked by Christian Wood, so like he sees. It. Man, that can't feel good to 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 see. It's one thing for like another fan base to be trolling you and messing with you, but your own hometown fan base to say these things, these nasty things to you, man. That's not cool, bro. We got to cut that out. Like I remember, I would, I would assume after that incident where I remember he like tweeted out his number and everybody clowned him, get off Twitter, get in the gym bum, all this good stuff. And he was like, man, I'm on the way to my, my best friend's funeral. And I, oh, I, I yeah, felt like, yeah. I was like, man, y'all would think after that happened that we would learn like this guy's a human being. He's real. And like, he sees this stuff. Let's, let's, let's not, you know what I'm saying? Let's not mess with like, just, if you want to, if you want the man traded, you don't want him on the roster. That's cool, bro. But you don't gotta be nasty in his comments about it. Like that's that's just out of pocket. And I, I feel like as a fans, we gotta do better on that front. So that's the last thing I'd say about that. Yeah, yeah. Most, most definitely. They don't they don't they don't see the 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 humane side of basketball. That's why they're so easy to send people death threats when they miss a couple shots or whatever the case may be. Like sports have definitely taken a turn. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was corny too, because like that's why I I have like even though KPJ is one of my favorite players. It's one of those things where I'm patient with him because I know he's young. So I know like at that age, I didn't have things figured out by any means. Like I was going through things like I had like mood swings and different things like that because, you know, I'm growing. I don't we know. All human. Yeah. So it's like these are normal things. But when you're a franchise who's rebuilding, so you hate losing, uh, you don't feel like there's a sense of direction. You want everybody fired. You want everybody traded. It's just like. The most the emotions are high. You just want to win, and that's the that's the bulk of it. You want to win, so everything that's not looking like you can win with it right now doesn't make sense to you, and you want it out the way. And that's kind of where, like, as sports fans, we fall into that. Oh, he's got to go. He's trash. Uh, let me jump in his mentions whenever he tweet to call him a bum, and it's just corny to me. But yeah, I, I definitely feel that. Like I said, people got to get back to the humane side of basketball and realize that these are just regular people, bro. It's like yeah, they're it's regular right. people who are gifted enough to hoop at a high level. It ain't no superpowers or they're immune to something. Like people be like, oh, if I had, uh, if I was an NBA player making this amount of money, I wouldn't be responding to the comments. I'm like, yes, you would. Yeah. You would. Because you're a human. At the same, if somebody came to you and said something crazy like, yo, I hope your mom dies or something like that. You're not going to sit there and be like, oh, I'm, let me just ignore that because I'm sitting on $200 million. Like, nah, that's an offensive comment and it's corny. So you're going to address it. So I just wanted to say that before. My fault, Brad, for cutting you off. No, no. you're good. You're the guest, man. You're so you the guest to honor today. You know, you always got to be respectful of the people's platform. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, well, I'll let you go back into retirement on Christian. We're not going to talk yeah, about him. I'm going back. <laughs> I'm going back into retirement. <laughs> I'm not going to bring him up again, I promise you. <laughs> But we'll, we'll transition into our last topic of the day. We just saw a really good game seven. Uh, you know, the Celtics came out there and handled business against the Bucks. I'll call it the Grant Williams game. Uh, most threes ever in a game seven. Grant Williams just hit, you know, tied most ever with Seth Curry. Really? It was Martin the most Morris. ever? Most ever in a game seven. You know, wow. Seth Curry came out there. 
I'll, I'll say it. Seth Curry hit seven threes in 2018 game seven. I didn't want to say it, but I'll say it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but, that one under red. Yeah, I should have. I <laughs> but Seth Curry's done that twice, and then Marcus Morris did it once before. But yeah, Grant Williams, that man was hooping. And the Bucks, I thought they were, they came out kind of hot, you know. You know, Giannis was hooping. I thought he was gonna get an easy triple double. Shot four for sixteen in the second half, only had eight points. He was missing bunnies. I never seen Giannis look like this before. Yeah, he missed a layup, a couple layups today. Yeah, but yeah, Celtics handle business. And yeah, Gary, what you think about the game number, man? Man, game was crazy. First and foremost, like the way the game started, and uh Williams was getting those open threes, but he wasn't hitting them, like. In my mind, and I was like watching the game in real time, I was like, nah, like keep letting him shoot. Like just keep feeding the ball because he's wide open and he's he was shooting like 40 something percent from three in a regular season, if I'm not mistaken. You're right. So, yeah. Yo, he's wide open. They're not respecting his shot for whatever reason right now. Need him. And the next thing you know, like later in the game, he just swap, swap, swap. And it's just like, that's what you gotta do. Is you gotta get you gotta get your man his feels. Like he, if it's, it seemed like this game, he was like a rhythm shooter, like. I'm going to take my shots. I'm going to miss a few. But once I get it going, you're not stopping me. And that's kind of the game that he had tonight. It's like, boom, boom, boom. I'm going to hit all these shots. And the Celtics have just been playing outstanding team basketball, bro. Like, I picked, before this, the playoffs even started, I picked the Suns and the Heat to go to the finals. Um, and it's one of those situations where, like, I'm not even confident in that now. Like, the way – because and the main thing that I, that made me make my picks is the fact that the Suns play defense, the Heat play defense, the Suns have depth on their roster, the Heat have depth. They both can score offensively. Like, they spread the ball around. They don't just look for one person to get a bucket. They can get it by any means. So I'm looking at that. I'm looking at team depth. I'm looking at defense. I'm looking at, um, you know, just all that stuff, team chemistry. So with me looking at all these things, I immediately think Miami Heat and Phoenix Suns. But the Boston Celtics are doing just that. They have the chemistry. They are playing crazy defense. Like the fact that they were able to limit Giannis the way that they did, we didn't even think that was possible. So it's like – and what they did to Kevin Durant was just ridiculous, bro. I thought Kevin – I ain't never seen Kevin Durant play like that. (laughs) He looked human. Yeah, like not only have I never seen Kevin Durant play like that, he played like that for the series. Like, you held Kevin Durant under 40% shooting for the series. That is crazy to me. So the fact that you're playing, like, generational-type championship defense, Celtics really, like, they really could make that push to go to the finals. Now, to win it all, another discussion. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not confident right now in my picks just off the strength of, you know, Luka got the Suns back against the wall, and then the Celtics just knocked out the reign of champs. So mm-hmm. anything can go. But I really love the basketball that the Celtics have been playing. Like like I said, the, the, the Giannis and KD thing blew, blew my mind. I ain't never seen nothing like that. And I feel like – who was it? It was Sean Marion. So we actually did a Twitter space that was actually yeah. – like, uh, Shout out to Joy D'Angelo. But she ended up doing a Twitter space. Sean Marion was in there. There was a clip that Hilarious. was – um, but one of the things that he said in there that I, I really rocked with and it really made a lot of sense, he was like, yo, the playoffs isn't about who's the best team. It's about who's the hot team. Right. And right now the Celtics are on fire, bro. <laughs> like they are on fire. The Miami Heat are on fire as well. So that's why I look at those two and I'm like, yo, this series is about to be one for the book. So um, I'm excited. But yeah, that the, tonight's game, I was not expecting that at all. I was expecting like a dog fight to the very end, but the Celtics didn't play with their food. They was like, we're right. going to hit these shots and we're going to get you off our court. So shout out to Udoka and the rest of them boys, man.
Yeah, speaking of, you know, teams that are hot, you, know, you put it perfectly. The Boston Celtics started the season like 17 and 21, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, at the end of the season, they're the number two seed. You know, a lot of these teams were shying away from the Nets. Oh, we don't want to get a top two seed. We can play the Nets. Mm-hmm. No, you know, Boston Celtics, they said, no, you know, we started slow. <laughs> we're going to keep winning these basketball games and we're going to hoop. We're going to have team chemistry come playoff time. We're going to knock out KD, Kyrie, come in, see Giannis. Didn't care, didn't phase him. Came out there and they hooped. I was actually thoroughly surprised. I really thought the Bucks. I came in the last podcast, you know, initially I said the Heat were going to win the championship. Then the last podcast, I saw Giannis going crazy. So, you know, what? I said, maybe the Bucks can go to the uh, to the finals. <laughs> I think it was like 2-1 at that point. And here we are now. Boston Celtics just knocked these boys off, the reign champs. Mm-hmm. So that's a team that's just extremely hot, as Gabby said. And, you know, the Heat, they, they'll have some trouble with them. But now I'll go back to my, my, my original pick. I'll stick with the Heat. I'm not going to switch up no more. <laughs> I'm not going to switch up no more. But it's going to be a good little series. I'm excited to see that. But, Will, what do you think about the, the game, my man? Yeah, so – I um I remember like the first time when you spoke about the the um the the playoffs. I said I had the Bucks winning the whole thing. I thought that if anybody was gonna stop him was gonna be in the in the Western Conference. I think nobody in the East was gonna stop Giannis um from repeating this year. Mm-hmm. I was wrong, and I actually I, I don't. I, I asked Gally off camera how did he feel about that. I was rooting against the Bucks the whole time. So like I, I I'm not a <laughs> I'm not a big Giannis guy. I'm not a big Giannis fan. And so I was, yeah, I was rooting against them to lose. So I mean, I was glad, to, I was glad to be wrong about that type of thing. All right, I once I thought they were going to win a championship this year. Kind of glad that they didn't. Um, but yeah, man, like like uh, like y'all said, I was caught off guard by this game too. Like if yeah. you would have asked them before, even though the Celtics had home court advantage, I would have told you the Bucks were going to win this game regardless, right? Like I I thought, you know, I, I thought it shouldn't have went this far anyways. Although you know the series actually been a lot closer than um the seven games would even. So like it was a really really like this game was a blowout, but like. It was really like a lot of games came down to the last second, last shot. Like it was a lot of close games this series. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, like I wasn't expecting the uh, the Bucks to kind of go down like this. Like I thought if they were to lose it, like like yes, it would have been like a close fight, close game. Nah, man, the Celtics came out there, and you know they could not miss. I mean, if like like Brad said, if Grant Williams is hitting seven threes against you, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long night for you because like you know you can't then you can't take away nothing. You you got to go double team Jay Tatum and Grant Williams hitting threes. It's gonna be it's gonna be really hard to. To, to win that win that game win that series so I was shocked to see um see the the Celtics win it like and see the Bucks fold the way they did but I mean ain't no complaints from me on that front um you know I, then the thing too is like I did not have the the Nets losing I thought they were gonna you know I didn't think they were gonna get past the second round but I thought they were gonna beat the uh beat the Celtics I did not see the Celtics um yeah. winning this way and then Miami I did not think they were going to beat the Sixers right now obviously my prediction was before Joel Embiid kind of got banged up, and I was thinking James Harden would be a little bit better in the postseason than he actually was, right? But I didn't think they was going to win that series either. So um, Miami and, and Boston are two – they they were two teams I was definitely sleeping on. I think Brad was kind of clowning me at the first time, so I, I just said I, I didn't see it happening, right? But, yeah, no, I was definitely sleeping on both of those teams. Um, and, yeah, like I said, it's going to be – I hope seven games for that series as well. It's going to be a good dogfight defensively. I don't, I don't know if we're going to see you know, too many blowouts in this series because both teams play defense really, really well. Um, I'm pulling for Miami. Um, not because I want I don't want I don't want Brad to be right, but but I'm pulling for <laughs> Miami. Um, <Come> on, bro. <laughs> I'm pulling for Miami. Um, you know, I I like I like Miami, I, I like the organization they got over there, and mm-hmm. um, I like Jimmy Butler, you know, the Houston um Tomball native, uh Peter Tucker's over there, Houston legend. So, you know, I'm I'm rooting for them. I hope they they get it done, but I'm not I'm not going I'm not even gonna be mad if um if Boston wins like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, like them young boys are here, they ready. Um I would not be opposed to seeing them win a championship this early into their career. So, like, you know, that wouldn't that wouldn't be um too bad for me. And then, you know, out west, 
Um, I don't know. Yeah, you know, real quick, Gally, how do you feel about the Warriors? You, you know, uh, you, you, Baltimore, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, born and raised. But like, how do you how do you feel about the the Warriors? To be honest with you, I've always liked their play. Mm-hmm. So like the the Splash Bros when they first started, I was like, oh nah, like they play some entertaining basketball. Then KD came. Now there was a little gripe because, like I said, I'm a John Wall guy. Kevin Durant's from DC or PG. Uh, they're pretty much one in the same. Yeah. It's like, yo, if you come home, you got John Wall, Bradley Bill, and Kevin Durant. Sheesh. Crazy, bro. I was like, yo, the Wizards are Kevin Durant away from, you know, making a championship run. But what does he do? He goes to go to State Warriors. So not only did I not respect that move, I kind of just hated the – I became a Warriors hater, like, that whole time. So throughout that whole time Kevin Durant was on the team – I didn't made like a parody called "I Hate Golden State" over uh, Tiger's Taste uh, instrumentals. <laughs> um, so for those who have YouTube, type in "I Hate Golden State," and I guarantee it'll probably pop up. Um, so, like, yeah, through that little span. But the moment Kevin Durant like left, I was kind of like, "All right, we back to the basics." So I can watch them play basketball again. Like, I can enjoy watching them play basketball. I can enjoy watching KD hoop in Brooklyn. There's no gripe there. Uh, for me anymore but I think this this current Warriors team I actually like watching them I think is I think they just play outstanding basketball and being a Rockets fan obviously it may sound weird but like you really over time get to see like their franchise is really one of them ones bro like it's a generational way that they run that team if you try to replicate the sauce it's not going to taste the same like we didn't try to build our we tried to construct our entire roster to compete with this team Still couldn't beat them, even when Kevin Durant went down. It's like, yo, why can't we beat these uh, these dudes, bro? The next thing you know, you look at how other teams try to do the combination of the vets and the young guys. And the next thing you know, it's like Golden State gets a freaking Jordan Poole from the G League. And this man is looking like the second coming of uh, Steph Curry. It's like, yo, what are they doing differently from everybody else aside from looking at analytics? But I feel like other teams are looking at analytics, too. It may not be to the same degree because I know they do some like deep, like some deep scientific stuff. But it's like, bro, at what point do you just sit back and just be like, nah, that organization is really like that. Like everything that they got, we could we could blame it on. Oh, you had stacked teams. You had this, that and the third. But it's real like realistically, they just know how to run a team and they just been outstanding with it. So like this is something that I've grown an appreciation for after the fact. Cause my team's not competing against these dudes anymore. If we were the there and still getting bounced by them, I'd be like, man, forget them. But now that it's kind of like, you know, Rockets are rebuilding, you know, the tensions down. I don't really have to focus on like, if we going, who we going to beat so on and so forth. It's kind of just sitting back and appreciating it. And it's like, yo, like you really look at a Steph Curry and be like, a lot of people hate you, but you're one of the most selfless players I've ever seen in my life. The fact that you were able to, you're a, a, a two-time MVP winner. A guy comes from another team and you'd be like, you know what? I'm going to step back so you feel more comfortable in this system so you can get your shots off. Yo, you a two-time MVP, bro. You Like, that's, this is my team. Like, you're going to have to find your fit. Like, that's what the average two-time MVP would do. But Steph was like, let me take the back seat. And the same thing with his off-the-ball movement. Like, I don't got to be on ball. I'll run around, do all the, the craziness just so everybody else can get their good looks as well. So, 
Like these are things that I talk about that you really got to sit back and really look at it to get that appreciation from a basketball perspective and not so much from a fandom perspective. And I've definitely grown that respect for this Warriors team. No, I mean, I have respect for the organization, the way it's ran management. I think they run, you know, one of, if not the best organization in the NBA. They, yeah. you know, they, they took care of business the way they're supposed to. As far as, you know, signing KD goes, like you, if Kevin Ritt says he wants to come to your team, you're not supposed to say, well, nah, we're trying to keep the league balanced, so don't come here. Like, nah, like I, I, I get it, man. I completely get it. You do what's best for your team. And they were supposed to, they won. Uh, was it two? Probably could have won three if, if they didn't catch the injury bug that last run, right? Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, they have a great development program for their young talent. Jordan Poole is coming along. Um, you know, they they found a way to maximize the talent. Like, Jordan Bell was was killing us when he was there. And, I mean, where is that guy now? I, I mean, no disrespect to him, but, like, you know, he's not – he's not – where is Jordan Bell now? And he was killing us when we played him in the playoffs. Um, hey, you just seen, seen uh, Kevon Looney last game with the 20 Kevon Looney, right yeah. Now, right? yeah. <laughs> they got they they know how to maximize their talent. And I, I respect the, like, the crap out of it. Like, they, they they run a great job over there. But I'm sorry. I, do, I don't like the Warriors at all. I don't enjoy watching them succeed. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't like Steph. I don't like Clay. I don't like Draymond. Um, I hope they get swept this series. I hope, you know, after they get swept, the management side, they got to blow it up and step go somewhere. I don't know. He can go back to Charlotte or something like that. But no, nah, I'm, you know, I respect the organization. I think they did what they were supposed to do. And like I said, I, I, I want the Rockets to be like, like the Warriors, right? Like when we, when they first won a championship, I was in middle school and like, they're still, they're competing for a championship right now. I'm 21 now. Like it's, it's crazy how they've gone from, you know, when I was in middle school to where I'm right now and they're still at the top of the league still one of the best teams in the NBA. Like, that's what I want the Rockets to be like one day, where it's like we had this longevity, this this culture, this expectations to where it doesn't matter if it's, you know, if it's Jordan Poole or Steph Curry. Like, we know we're going to get out of you. You know what? They're going to compete. And so I respect that a lot. I want the Rockets to be like that. But, nah, I cannot root for the Warriors. But I, that was my long way of saying out West, I am hoping that, um, you know, I actually don't really care who wins this Mavericks, Suns, uh, and it's about to come on in a few minutes. Um, I kind of lean Dallas, but I think the Phoenix Suns have a better chance of beating Golden State. So exactly. <laughs> I think I might want I think I might want Phoenix to win. I might I might want Phoenix to win, you know. So honestly, like I said, it doesn't quite matter to me. I just as long whichever team is gonna beat Golden State, that's the one team I want them to win. I won't go set to lose. I I cannot cannot stand to watch Steph Curry hold up another trophy. That would that would be the, the worst case scenario for me. So all right, hold on real quick. Six Success aside, you don't find the way that they play the game entertaining. No, no, and it, it, it is, and that's why okay, I, I, I hate sure it. Right. <laughs> and like, and here's another thing: like, I feel like I'm betraying my inner Rockets fan by even admitting this. But like, before <laughs> we had, we had like our battles. Like when I was like, like so they they won a championship when I was in middle school, right? So we we I think we played them that year. That was the first time we ran into them. Mm-hmm. I was I like the Warriors. Like I like Steph Curry. When 2K16 came out, I never remember that was the one with James Harden, Anthony Davis. I didn't get James Harden, bro. I got I got Steph. Like I feel I feel bad admitting that now, but I Steph is on my 2K16 cover. Like I love the Warriors. I, I didn't love them, but I I like the way they play basketball. It's entertaining. It still is, right? It's just now for me, I can't. I I hate the fact that I like. You got it. I right. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I hate. I'm like, man, these guys are good. Like you know, what I'm saying it, it, it bothers me. Like I, I get mad every time I see Steph make a three. I'm like, man, that guy. He's he's like that, man. But but nah, yeah, yeah. All right, I had to I had to make sure I was yeah. going to run a little too deep because they play some entertaining. No, no, they do. Bro. They do, and I hate it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a team that I can't hate on. Of course, during that stretch, you know, you had to hate on them just because those heartbreaking losses that we went through time and time oh, yeah. again. I think it was like three times we lost to them. So I was I was sick of that team. But deep down, I always respected the, you know, the mess out of them. I was going to say the hell out of them. Whatever. I, I respect <laughs> them boys, man. They can hoop. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you just got to give them their flowers. A bit. Yeah, respect to them. Uh, hopefully the Suns win. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Dallas can beat them. But I just want to see a really good basketball series. And I think we're going to get that. Uh, either way, but you know the Suns still gave him a run for the money, and I got to see Chris Paul go against Steph again because he hit that little shimmy on, him and everything went bad from there. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to see, I got to see, I, they got to run that back, they got to run that back. But yeah, if you guys didn't have anything else to touch on with that topic, then everyone's shaking their head no. So yeah, we'll get to the outros. And Gal, I just wanted to say, my man, I knew it was gonna be a fun episode, so I appreciate you for coming on, of course. And I want you to get a, give the listeners a chance to you know plug your stuff so everyone can find you. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Well, first and foremost, Brad and Will, I want to say, yo, this is real fun. It was cool talking Rockets basketball. Um, I don't think I've ever I did a um I did a podcast with Lashar before. So that was cool. But like it was cool doing this as well. Like I I, I like that I'm being uh accepted by Rockets Twitter and you uh, you're know, one of us, man. Have to, bro. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's real cool, man, to step in and be, you know, the Baltimore fan and attend the East Coast games where I watch KPJ hit the game winner in DC. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just to plug my stuff, once again, I'm the kid Gowie. That's D-A-K-I-D-G-O-W-I-E. And you can find that on any platform, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all of the above. Um, you'll find me. So once again, D-A-K-I-D-G-O-W-I-E. Put it in Google, whatever, you'll find. There you go. And for the podcast, of course, uh, you can find Brado and Will. That's B-R-A-D-E-A-U-X-A-N-D-W-I-L-L on Instagram and Twitter at that handle. And for myself, Brado NBA, you can find me right there at Instagram and Twitter as well. And go ahead, Will. You can plug yourself. Yeah. And last but not least, man, y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff at Bias Houston. Um, all of the, you know, the content over there for the Rockets, the space, all that good stuff. Um, like Brad said, Gowie, I mean, this is one of my favorite episodes we've done so far. We kind of new to this whole thing, but but yeah, we was glad to get you on. Uh, you know, get get the black boys into to the to the to the podcast. So yeah, we appreciate you taking time out today to uh, to come talk with us. Um, we gonna let you go so you can watch this Suns game, man. <laughs> like I said, if you looking for me, all you gotta do is look in Will's mentions. I might be in there coach on it. Hey, I said we always we always out of eye on something, man. He always every time he says something, I'm like, I would say the same thing. <laughs> Last, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Last thing, most importantly, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Gotta throw that in there, of course. But that's the last thing I gotta say again, Gal. I appreciate you for coming on, and okay. you guys tune in next week. Uh, the next episode will drop on next Monday, so. We'll see you guys then. Peace.